Welcome to the Allegory of Spots podcast series. Thanks for joining. In each episode, we introduce a new spot. We talk about how spots hinder our progression mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and how to overcome any spot that may be holding you back. As you begin to move and apply the things you learn, you'll start to see weaknesses become strengths, and you'll begin to see and feel greater light come into your lives. You are listening to the Allegory of Spots. I am Holly, and this spot is guile. Guile isn't a word you hear much anymore. What does it even mean? The word guile is defined as insidious cunning in attaining a goal, crafty or artful deception. To better understand, sometimes it helps to know the opposite meaning of the word. So the definition of without guile is a person of innocence, honest intent, and pure motives. Someone without guile lives principles of integrity. I remember watching cartoons at a young age, and the villains in the cartoon would often say they wanted to take over the world and plotted how to reach their goal. I thought, how silly. And that was then. And now many years later, in this year, 2022, it seems like the idea was not so far-fetched by some. A person who has guile is concerned about how they are going to get ahead, how they appear. If they are in the spotlight or have a position of affluence, power, wealth, or fame, etc. Do you ever think about getting ahead in life at the expense of others? Do you plot and plan and scheme? You can see how this action at the expense of others is a spot or a sin. Please realize there is a need for change in your life. Truly impressive people place their focus on serving others. They can be found everywhere. Our good old Mr. Rogers defines these people as the helpers. They lift, they serve others wherever they are. Mother Teresa comes to mind as a person who lived her life without guile. People without guile are not doing their work for the praise or accolades. They don't have to be in the spotlight and achieve awards. Titles or honors or plaques are not part of what motivates their actions. They are disciples of Christ, going about doing good continually. They follow the commandment to love their neighbor as themselves. They're honest and true. They won't deceive or steal, misrepresent, or any other fraudulent action. They are not arrogant or dismissive. There is a record of two societies where everyone was pure in heart. Can you imagine living in such a wonderful place and time? You can find the first account in the Pearl of Great Price in Moses chapter 7, verse 18. And the Lord called his people Zion because they were of one heart, one mind, and dwelt in righteousness, and there was no poor among them. A second society without guile is recorded in scriptures too. This society lasted for about 200 years after the resurrected Jesus Christ visited them and taught them. The following words of inspiration from the Book of Mormon describe this society, found in 4th Nephi chapter 1. And it came to pass that there were no contentions in the land. 
because of the love of God which did dwell in the hearts of the people. And there were no envyings or strifes, nor tumults, nor whoredoms, nor lyings, nor murders, nor any manner of lasciviousness. And surely there could not be a happier people among all the people who had been created by the hand of God. There were no robbers, no murders, neither were there Lamanites or any manner of ites. They were all one, the children of Christ and heirs to the kingdom of God. As you interact with others today, make an effort to see everyone as children of God and as your brothers and sisters. Make an effort to reach outside of your comfort zone and pay attention to those whom you would not normally interact with. I found this article on the web, and it tells about Mother Teresa, for those who don't know who she was. And these are her words, Mother Teresa, as she reflects on working towards peace. Let us not use bombs and guns to overcome the world. Let us use love and compassion. Peace begins with a smile. Smile five times a day at someone you really don't want to smile at. Do it for peace. Let us radiate the peace of God and so light his light and extinguish in the world and in the hearts of all men the hatred and love for power. Today, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other, that man and woman, that child, is my brother or my sister. If everyone could see the image of God in his neighbor, do you think we would still need tanks and generals? Peace and war begin at home. If we truly want peace in the world, let us begin by loving one another in our own families. If we want to spread joy, we need for every family to have joy. Today, nations put too much effort and money into defending their borders. They know very little about the poverty and the suffering that exists in the countries where those borders and destitution live. If they would only defend these defenseless people with food, shelter, and clothing, I think the world would be a happier place. The poor must know that we love them, that they are wanted. They themselves have nothing to give but love. We are concerned with how to get the message of love and compassion across. We are trying to bring peace to the world through our work, but the work is the gift of God. And then this one side note from a man who used to drive Mother Teresa around whenever she came to San Francisco. He wrote this, a note from the photographer Michael Calopy. I was blessed to have known Mother Teresa for 15 years. I especially treasured the times I was asked to drive her around while she was in San Francisco because it enabled me to ask her questions. In the course of knowing Mother Teresa, I always saw her receive each person the same way. She saw the face of God in everyone, always approaching each person with love, compassion, and the gift of herself. Time was never an issue. I once asked her, How is it? that you never seem to judge anyone who comes to you. She said, I never judge anyone because it doesn't allow me the time to love them. At the end of each episode, you'll hear us repeat the steps on how to remove your spots. It's simple. There are four steps in the process. Number one, 
Start by making a comprehensive list of all the things in your life that you need to get rid of, or repent of, or even be healed from. You'll know when your list is complete, when you feel you've included all the items that come to mind. Number two, take an inventory of what you're feeding your spirit. Because what you feed your spirit is what feeds your flesh. Your body will follow your spirit. Number three, now that you've identified the spots, let's get rid of them or cast them off. And here's how you do that. Present your list to God through prayer. Ask Him for help. Ask Him to remove your spots, to literally take them from you. Ask God to remove and offload all your burdens, your stresses, and your concerns. Stop trying to carry them alone. They weren't meant for you to carry. And number four, once you've finished steps one through three, it's time to start the process again. Only this time, dig a little deeper into your soul, searching out even the smallest of spots you might have overlooked or not even recognized. Ask God to reveal them. He has a way of bringing them to the surface. And finally, continue these steps until you've completely cleansed yourselves of any and all spots. Then move forward day by day using the atonement of Jesus Christ to keep yourself unspotted.